I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Tuesday. Ryan Fitzpatrick signs with Washington, the football team. I think this one is sneaky, sneaky good, and I may have a bet associated with Washington. Wow, James Harden with another monster game, and now the fourth favorite to win the MVP. That's correct. Update on the title odds. Gonzaga still the clear favorites, far and away, to win the NCAA title. Baylor, Illinois, Michigan, all number ones are next. And then the fifth favorite, Iowa. Three Big Ten teams. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. live on a Tuesday, live NCAA Tournament Week, live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Second day, day two of two, A.J. Hoffman, who is a Houston radio luminary. And uh, he's got takes. Sometimes they're a little audacious. Sometimes they're wrong. But that's why I'm here. How you doing, A.J.? Doing well, man. How are you? You getting any feedback? I mean, hitting the national scene is a big deal. I think I picked up something like 14,000 Twitter followers last night. I, I think you're being a little, <laughs> a little fibby right there. You know, hey, listen, if you would have said 14 times three, maybe I could have believed it. We're the pros. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got a busy day in NFL free agency. We count down the days to the start of the NCAA tournament. But what is the Vegas lead here on this Tuesday? Yeah, first I'll tease ahead here. Bottom of the hour, we did some original research. How do teams do entering the tournament with zero or one win? Or check that, zero or one loss. And these are like the, oh my gosh, undefeated. You'd be shocked at this result. We'll do that bottom of the hour, but we're going to start with the Vegas lead. And I'm going to do an impromptu bet, Jonas, and it involves Washington Signing Fitzpatrick. Yeah, the Washington football team have a brand new quarterback. His name is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Team number nine for Fitz. He agrees to a one-year deal for $10 million with an opportunity to go up to $12 million with incentives. Washington signing Fitzpatrick is a monsterly good deal. Did you see I used monsterly as an adverb? It's a monsterly good deal. Monstrously. No. No. Monsterly. Yes, it's like a monster, the way it would act as it's being ravenous, it's being greedy, it's wanting to eat all the cupcakes or whatever. Okay. It's like a cookie monster, but, you know, <laughs> not quite as nice, but not malicious. It's McKenzie in the snack room. <laughs> well, that's a little more intense. That's about, I mean, listen, li- that's life and death in a way. <laughs> I mean, like, you always want to pay your entry level guys, you want to keep them hungry. You know, and a lot of people think that's 
concept. No, it's figurative. You know, it's not figurative. It's literally hungry. But <laughs> that's when you knew he got a raise. You stop seeing like all the Cheetos on his shirt and everything. No, I I believe this is a a monsterly good deal for Washington. And I thought Colin got it way wrong today. We love Colin, the herd right here in FSR. He's as good as you get as a talk radio guy. I think as an NFL assessor of talent, Fitzpatrick is getting short shrift. So Colin said, hey, I think this was a problem. I think the lock, you know, bad move. The locker room's not gonna like it. And an Alex Smith signing, if only for leadership, would have been better. One, Alex Smith, you know, borderline, though his record was fine, was borderline not an NFL quarterback. I mean, I think it's hard to rank him anywhere above 30 last year. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And it was a hell – listen, we always got Great a story. Yeah, and I'll be honest, a lot of times the caveats are BS, but I genuinely think this guy's a hero. And he also showed that – the way that the NFL players think is different than normal people. Because normal people are like, wait a minute, how much you got in the bank? And if you take a wrong hit, you might be amputating your leg. And you know you're not, you know, it's hard to imagine you're ever going to be near as good as you were. So what are you doing it for? If it's not for the money. If it's, and it was like the, the kind of people that would ask that question, which is most of us, are not the kind of people typically that make the NFL. And I think there's a hell of a story there, but he wasn't that great on the field. This is how good Ryan Fitzpatrick, who went to Harvard, was on the field. Last two seasons, QBR, ranking quarterbacks, last year he was fifth. AJ, maybe you can pull up that list and tell me the four ahead. The year before, Ryan Fitzpatrick was eighth. So remember now, we got 32 quarterbacks starting and obviously there's a few more you know like Miami had two guys starting and all that Fitzpatrick played enough played enough to be the fifth you know QBR you have to kind of play a good bit to even rank right so he played enough to rank before he was benched for Tua and was the fifth best quarterback in the NFL who were the four ahead of him I don't know. Our our, uh, uh, our internet is oh, uh, is giving know, us you issues. You know what's so. funny? When when I listen to your show in Houston, it's like you're always having internet issues. Somehow you're struggling, but I'm, somehow Mackenzie has it. Oh, Mackenzie's using up all the bandwidth. Listen, I guess. Yes. Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. Mackenzie, Yale. You? Oh. Where'd you go? Uh, Austin P in Belmont. Exactly. Yeah. Give us the <laughs> give us the list, Mackenzie. So Fitzpatrick was fifth. Ryan Tannehill was fourth. Josh Allen, third, Patrick Mahomes, second, and Aaron Rodgers, first. It's a pretty good list to be on. Not bad. And the, the money's not bad. I mean, to me, this was the team. I, I would much rather Fitzpatrick as a Steelers fan on the Steelers than Big Ben right now. Though I, you know, obviously respect him. What's your thoughts, Jonas? As long as he doesn't turn the ball over, I like Fitzpatrick. I like him in this spot. I still think they're going to do something at quarterback. Maybe they draft a guy, but... Terry McLaurin, who's one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL, I think this is big for him because it's probably the best quarterback he's had to work with. So, like I said, as long as he doesn't turn the ball over and he just keeps him in games, that defense is going to play well enough. Okay, but here's the thing. I hear that turn the ball over and all that stuff. Interception, and again, you're not the only person saying that. Everyone's saying it, or a lot of people are. My question is this. 
if you look at QBR, it accounts for interceptions heavily. Where, you know, obviously interceptions are a horrible thing. And I agree with you, not throwing the ball away makes, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, not turning the ball over is the starting point to win. No doubt about that. But if he turned the ball over last year, an amount that allowed him to be the fifth best quarterback in the NFL and the year before the eighth, is turnovers really a problem? If, if he somehow quit turning the ball over, he'd be the best quarterback in the NFL. So can't you? I guess what I'm saying is if he plays like last year, this is a monstrously good signing. And if he plays better than last year and doesn't turn the ball over, then that's even better. But I guess do you look at it, where do you rank him 1 to 32? Oh, I would put him, gosh, around anywhere between 15 to 25. Yeah, I, think, so. I think he's got the opportunity because he's so streaky. He'll have games where he's as good as anybody, and, and he's throwing up and down the field and putting up monster numbers, and then he's just got these games where he's throwing two or three picks in a game and making bad decisions because he, he does have that gunslinger mentality. So he you're going to get a lot of highs with him, but there are just going to be those low games and those low points that they need to overcome. So let me ask you, I mean, anyone that listens to Straight Out of Vegas, and that's – the show you're listening to knows that I like I perpetually respect your perspective. I don't agree with it all the time. I probably disagree with it a good bit, but I let that be known and you know it's always respectful. So when I say this, I'm totally saying it respectfully. How do you reconcile the opinion that he might be the 25th best quarterback and, and you know, that's the edge of your range, but with the, the stats say he's the fifth best. Like in your mind, you think the stat? Do you say the stats are BS, or how do you think about that? Is that just on QBR? Just the QBR which is ranking? the single best stat? What stat would you use for quarterback play? I, I see. I don't. I don't look at the QBR because I still don't understand it. I don't know what it actually means because I hear everybody point to it, but they can't really explain to me what it actually means when it comes to quarterback rankings. So I I can uh, at least be the beginnings of that. Do you, do you have feedback on QBR? Uh, I think QBR is the if you're if you had to pick one stat, it's a stat because it takes into account where you're at in the game when you make a certain play, how, what kind of pressure there is on you at that point, like wh- what the moment means to the actual play. So not all throws are created equal is basically what it means. It it, it my understanding is it took the concept of football outsiders and what they, I think, revolutionized, and this is a great conversation, what they revolutionized stats with for the NFL was, like you said, all plays of a certain length are not created equal. If it's third and one and you get two yards, that is a success. If it's third and 11 and you get nine yards, that's a failure. And the whole yards, YPP, yards per play, all that stuff, and the counting stats, they don't account for that. It also accounts for uh, skill of the opposition, meaning how the strength of the schedule, how difficult the opponents are. So it tries to take the game state in account. And this is always imperfect, right? We could look and say, oh, I disagree with that play. But it takes the game state into account and it takes the opponent into account is kind of the two big things. I think the, the maybe the problem that someone like Jonas would have... Who is... When you say someone like Jonas, characterize well, what that means. The Joes, right? Uh, well, 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 <laughs> no, but I, I have a, the same problems well, with it, a, honestly. He's a savvy sports guy. He's just not a gambler. <laughs> well, no, I get it. But uh, when you look at that list are of the top ten... Get, are you trying to get his job? Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Drew Brees, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, That's Tom the best Brady, quarterbacks in the NFL. Baker Mayfield... All of those guys, you can you can look at them all and say, that guy is the starting quarterback for that team. He's their franchise quarterback. 
You don't say that about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Which is, he didn't even start all the games. He started about half the games for the Dolphins Nine last games, year. Yeah. So it's hard Which to put is him my in the point. top ten. But that's my point. The stats I trust the most are the stats that generally align with what everyone believes, but there's a couple of exceptions. We were talking about that on another stat after the show yesterday. Is If it tells you the best quarterbacks are, and you take off some bad names, it's a, oh, I don't trust that stat. But if it says Mahomes, Brady, and then Fitzpatrick's there, and McKenzie, do me a favor, pop up last season's QBR, because it's going to be the same thing oh, prior, 2019. It's going to be the same thing. He's eighth, and he's going to be up there with Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, Breeze, Prescott, Wilson. I mean, this is the list right now. Uh, Stafford. Deshaun Watson, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr. Now, who doesn't fit there? Same list. Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't fit again. And then maybe it's your problem. And or maybe Jonas it's the Dolphins' pro- problem. Because the Dolphins haven't committed to saying this was our guy. And wow. thus, but it, how makes, that, but it I, makes fans go, oh, maybe he's not as good. Wow. But yeah, that's what the fans do. Not the people that uh, say cold cash over hot takes. Absolutely. So when you, th- when you hear those names, Joan, and again, this is not about right and wrong. There is no, God's not going to come down and tell us who's right. So it's more about how you think about it. When you hear those two lists and you love all the names, does it make you reconsider maybe your, per- your perception of it? And like I tell Fezzik, he'll be in tomorrow all the time. If you don't watch, and no one does, if you don't watch every play from every game, sometimes you're skewed by the games you watch, by the highlights you see. If the stats don't back up with my perception, I start to question my perception. How how do you handle it, Jones? And no, I, I still look at it the same. I mean, I, I don't th- I don't think QBR is the end all be all of the quarterback discussion because if it was, why is he on his ninth team? I mean, there's something that's not. I, I that, that, have a theory on that. Yeah, I, there's something that somebody's missing then. And, and to me, that. But remember, he is playing at least statistically a lot better than he did prior in his career. But what I would say is. He doesn't have that monster upside. Now, I would say the stats are good enough. You don't need upset, But they're looking saying, huh, he's limited. And I think you see that with quarterbacks all the time. They're consistent. But if they're limited, everyone wants the home run. Everyone wants the Hall of Famer. And I think for Washington especially, a team that's willing to win, that's ready to win, I think having – a, a, a good serviceable quarterback. I mean, if he if we knew he was going to get a, a QBR uh, ranking of twelve next year, it would be he was fifth and seventh. If he's twelve, it'd be a monsterly good signing. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Closing thoughts. Uh, closing thoughts. I, I I disagree with Colin. Like you said, that it, they'd be better off with Alex Smith. At this point, it seems like Ryan Fitzpatrick's just generally a better quarterback. Alex Smith, a better story. Ryan Fitzpatrick's a better quarterback. Gives you a better chance to win in a division that's very winnable. That could be a big difference maker. All right, so here's what I'm going to do. Do we have the? Uh, okay, check this out, Jonas. I don't know if we. I don't think we talked about this. Ten million dollar contract with incentives potentially adding two million more. I mean, that's a sweetheart. I mean, that is a backup. I mean, that's an expensive backup, but that's like a Marcus Mariota type contract. I think the value is also good. Yeah, no, I listen, and I agree. I think he's an upgrade over Alex Smith as well, too. Alex Smith was was shot. Um, the Taylor Heineke situation is a little interesting because I think they're you know they've already said they're going to compete for the job. I would be shocked if Fitzpatrick started every game next year for Washington. I think they're going to try and see what they get because they also still have Kyle Allen. So are you saying roster. by injury or you're? saying they'll sit him by a coaching decision at some point it'll be a coaching decision Ooh, 
I tell you this, that, that might be a – I think I take – but you just got to wonder, if, if, if Washington has – if they're competitive, I, I could see if they're like somehow four and whatever. I guess if they're four and whatever – Fitzpatrick's not playing so well. If you're in the NFC East at four and twelve, you're competitive. Well, I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe. All right, here's what I'm gonna do. I was gonna do the commercial first, but I, I don't think it's fair. I'm gonna give my pick. I, I'm taking. Now, listen. At this time of year, I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. You are limited in how you can bet these NFL teams. You can bet Super Bowl odds. Now, I don't like to bet Super Bowl odds. One, it, they're a good gauge. They tell you where where things are. But the reason I don't where teams are, the reason I don't like it is the vig, the commission is 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 monstrous, and it's upwards of forty percent sometimes. So they take a hundred in, they put forty in their pocket, and they pay sixty out. That is a problem. And to me, the reason they're able to do that is because it's not obvious how much VIG there is. When you have to lay 110 on both sides, it's obvious. If someone say minus 200 plus 140, you're like, oh my gosh, that straddle's too big. But when you don't have a take-back price where you can only bet one side of it, Washington, yes, to win the Super Bowl, they can hide the VIG in there. That's kind of why they do it. And you know what we think about bookies, right? So, I mean... It's not personal, but... Cockroaches. Cockroaches, yeah. Now, the best way to bet teams is win totals, if you want to bet for a season, over, under, a number of wins. Now, in that situation, they're not out yet. So, I could wait, but I believe the people are going to start waking up to this reality, which is, I believe Washington has a heck of a chance to win the NFC East. And the odds right now in the NFC East is Dallas is a favorite and Dallas is minus money. They're like minus 105. So you got to bet a little bit more. So about 50 50, they're saying, for Dallas to win the East. And then the second favorite is Washington and they're plus 350. So 100 wins you 350. And McKenzie, what's the Giants? And you want to run down the rest? Yeah, Giants are uh, 5 to 1. The Eagles are plus 425. Okay. To me, the bet I'd like to bet against, if I could bet the no, is I would like to bet a big bet against the Eagles to win the East. I believe the Eagles are in one of the two or three teams in the entire league that are clearly rebuilding. Is that your perception, Jonas, on when it comes to Philly? Yeah, so I mean, it's, I just can't figure out what the plan is. I mean, now they're talking about, you know, I want you to, you know, build around Jalen Hurts, and then the hire of Nick Sirianni. It, it's just been a, a really weird, confusing off season. And amongst all the teams there, I think the Giants are going to be a lot better than people realize. Saquon Barkley back. I mean, Daniel Jones showed signs of life last year. Oh, I, I, I think that's why we're getting yeah. these odds. Yeah, is because I the narrative, and you know why I think we're getting value here anti-Giants is because there was that time right after the Cincinnati game. They had that three-game stretch where you started hearing about Joe Judge's coach of the year, and it was like, wait a minute. Yeah, this team's within a game of the division, but they're like three games below 500. They just beat Cincinnati by like three points. And, and then they went in the crapper. And to me, and then they had that real nice win, what was it, at Seattle, if I remember? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they were like a 10-point dog. So they had a couple of signature wins. They were competitive, the Giants, in the division. But they really weren't a good—they were a well-below-average team. And 
if Daniel Jones does finally emerge, yeah, who knows? But I, if I can bet against Daniel Jones, I want to bet against Daniel Jones. <laughs> and if I can bet against Philly rebuilding, I want to do that because they are. And I think Dak in Dallas, what I know is Dak, healthy or not, has a below 500 record or healthy. He has a below, he was 8 and 8 in 2019, and like 1 and 3 going into the game, he got hurt in. So are they going to be better somehow this year? I don't think so. Washington, of the four teams in that division, at least for one year, just for next year, you probably feel the best about their quarterback situation. For Dak sure. coming off an injury. Oh, Daniel I, Jones uh, questionable as to where he is in his, his growth process. And Philly's just a mess. Fitzpatrick is the he's been a rock. I mean, when he's on the when he when he when he's on the field, not because of injury, when his team decides to play him, he's had success. I tell you this, I would give Dak the edge, but the rest of the team. It's Washington, Washington, Washington. All right, when we come back, we did some really interesting research on how do teams like Gonzaga, who are, is undefeated, how do zero and one lost teams do in the NCAA tournament? You can bet what we're going to tell you. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will take a closer look at the NCAA tournament, which gets underway this week. How do zero lost teams, how do one lost teams do? We've got 15 of them, 15 of them since Indiana went undefeated. How do they do? Gonzaga is going to be number 16. Great day to join. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. And we promise to work extra hard to keep the good streak going. You can listen to us on 225 Fox radio stations across the country. Now, if you don't know the station, just go to foxsportsradio.com and you can find out. Or you can listen to the whole network streaming 24 hours a day. Here in Las Vegas on the Strip, 60 degrees. The neon is flowing. RJ, the brackets are out for the NCAA tournament. And March Madness officially begins this week. Okay, have you seen this uh, this research? Because I was going to ask you if you what your guesses would be. Uh, no, I have not seen it. Okay, so there's been 15 teams that have been either undefeated entering the tournament or with one loss only entering the tournament. Gonzaga is one of those teams now, and. How many of them would you guess made the final four? So that would be win four games, get to the final four. So they're obviously going to be number one seed, number two seed, or number one or two seeds. 15 of them, how many make the final four? I'm going to say nine. Wow, that's pretty strong. Ten. And to me, it was way more than I expected because yeah. how many would you guess won it? Oh jeez, uh, was it was it UNLV was the last one to do it? Um, gosh, I f- four. All right, so just to be clear now, UNLV that was the Larry Johnson that was the '91 team that lost to Duke in the finals. That was the undefeated team 
And uh, Duke was a nine-point underdog in that game. I can still remember that. Were they undefeated the year before? Because UNLV no. won the year before. Yeah, they won the year before. But okay, we're not so I'm undefeated. confusing the two. Okay. Yeah. So, and I thought this was—it was funny. I was making fun of someone today that they were making a big deal. That did you know no one's been undefeated since Indiana? And I'm like, in '76, I'm like, everybody knows that. And Jonas knows. 20 times more sports than me. It goes to show you, you never know what someone, <laughs> you know, what they pick. But yeah, Bobby Knight's Indiana team in 76 was the last undefeated national champion. And Gonzaga is obviously potentially going to do that. And, and doing a recount here, there's, uh, Gonzaga is the 15th, so there's been 14 teams in between. So 10 of the 14 made the final four. Zero loss or one loss coming in. But only one of them won the tournament. That was the 95 UCLA team had one loss, and they won the tournament. So one out of 14 winning the tournament with zero or one loss coming in, that's much lower than you would expect. But the nine out or 10 out of 14 making the Final Four is crazy high, especially if you know only one won it. If I told you only one won it, you no way would guess 10 Made the no. Final Four. No, if you get that far, it seems like, well, you're the team. So it shows you, and we're going to talk about your pick to win the title here in a second. We're straight out of Vegas talking with A.J. Hoffman, Jonas in L.A. I'm R.J. Bell. Is, to me, it tells us that if you have 0-1 loss, you're good, right? Which makes sense. You're going to beat the mostly, and you, you, you tend to beat teams you're better than. Like, in a weird way... Having zero one loss says you don't give up unexpected losses. You just don't do it. You're consistent, so you make good progress. But you just—it's hard to win that tournament. And even if you're undefeated or one loss, you don't win it very often. One out of fourteen years. So uh, it does speak well of Gonzaga making a deep, deep run. Jonas, I've always felt this. I think it's the most difficult championship to win. In, in sports, just based on the fact that you get one take, there's no there's no seven game series, there's no five game series. You don't get a home game, and there's no real reward for the number one seed other than they play a team that's determined by a committee who happens to match up in their bracket at a particular seed and a particular number, whether it's one sixteen, one eight in the second round, et cetera, et cetera. So to see that that few teams who have had great great regular seasons have been able able to go all the way just tells me it may be the most difficult championship to win in sports. Wow. Now, one thing I certainly agree with you're saying is the idea that the one law or, you know, the uh, single elimination makes it harder because we talk about it every year. The NBA seven game series is the easiest to win if you're the best team. The best team wins more often in the NBA playoffs. And I would say that March Madness is probably that in football. See, I'd actually say the Super Bowl is tougher just because it's not only one and done, as in if you lose, but it's also the luck factor in football is so much bigger. Because think about it. You're driving for a touchdown, pick six on a tip ball, 14-point swing. Now, in general, let's call big plays a seven-point swing. If the average number of points scored in a game, let's say, is 50 – Seven out of 50, that luck is a big percentage. To me, in basketball, it's not in the NCAA tournament, luck is going to be a smaller percentage because what's the one thing that can happen on one play? A three pointer goes in and doesn't go in. So it's like, you know, three points out of 160 or 80. 
Uh, now, you could say foul. I've always said this, and one time someone said something to me recently that made me think, well, if a key player has two fouls and there's a tight foul call, like with four minutes left in the first half, that play can be huge because they might have to sit a, you know, a long time. Still, though, I, AJ, would you agree with me there's more luck? In, and I'm not saying that this would mean Jonas is wrong, but is there more, more luck in football than there is in basketball. And thus, if you're the better team, you can get unlucky and it's harder to win. I would say yes to, to the general point that luck, a, a lucky play can have much more of an impact in a football game than it can in, in a basketball game. But I also think that playing six games over the course of three weeks. Yeah, that's and playing, a good point. I mean, so, that, yeah, yeah, three, especially if you've got two home games. Jonas made that point. And yeah. the other thing that makes it more difficult to me uh. that I agree with Jonas about is – you have to game plan like with the Super Bowl. You have two weeks to game plan for that game, for that one game. Whereas you play the Final Four on a Ooh, Saturday. See, now I think you're going against yourself there because uh, the old saying is: Is it the X's and O's or the Jimmy and the Joes? Right. So if you like Thursday night football, we've done a lot of study on the better team wins almost always because if you don't have time to really game plan or whatever, it's just how good you are. So I would agree. Two weeks means Belichick can do what he did against the greatest show on turf, right? If they only have two days, it means it's just how good are you? Right? That's true, but you also have to remember that a lot of these are 18, 19 year old kids. Who... Ah, that's random there. Right. This is a great conversation. <laughs> so let's vote on it. You know something? I'm gonna. I don't think I've ever swung my my opinion in the middle of a segment, but I'm going with Jonas. This might be the. This is probably the <laughs> hardest one. I, I think it is. Jeez. I mean, let's be honest. He didn't have a very good pay, take on Fitzpatrick. So I mean, <laughs> he just damned us out. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Coincidentally, we've got some sound of some Bears fans in reaction to Andy Dalton and not Russell Wilson. 50, 40, he'll be arriving in the end zone. Ah. Right. Ah. Oh, he stepped out of bounds at the one. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of like that, I think. <laughs> they were watching a replay of an earlier game, but, you know. <laughs> All right, when we come back, so you gave your national title pick yesterday. We're going to talk about that. And what do you got in the NCAA? If I give you dealer's choice, A.J. Hoffman, college basketball expert, what do you want to talk about in college basketball? I mean, I guess we could talk about the teams with the best chance to beat. Gonzaga, because you, you love Gonzaga, you love Gonzaga. But if you want to, if you wanted a handful of teams that I could see beating them, let me ask you this: Would you give me two teams? If if you take Gonzaga and I get any two, would you take that bet? Yeah. Ooh, now that would be a good bar prop. So if you're thinking about that, we're gonna, he, AJ's going to tell you don't take the two, take Gonzaga. But then he's going to tell you if you have to take the two, which two teams had the best chance to beat him? He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm 
RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, RJ, we have quarterback news with the Houston Texans, but it's not the news everybody was waiting for. Tyrod Taylor has been brought in on a one-year deal by the Texans. Which worse, that or Andy Dalton to the Bears? Now, again, let's take a minute and feel bad for Taylor. Remember, started the first game, finally was going to get his chance. He was gutsy enough to say, shoot me up, dog. And the dog, you know, I don't know, allegedly shot him up wrong, collapsed lung. Big number, though. And remember, A.J. Hoffman, Houston Radio, he does 15 hours a week gibbering and jabbering about the Texans and such. So he's got the inside skinny and also college basketball here in a minute or two. What do you think of the signing, first of all, Taylor? I think it's certainly an insurance signing. It's not your typical backup quarterback signing. Uh, They've had the same backup quarterback for three years now, A.J. McCarron. They let him go, and you knew that they were going to— might go back Andy Dalton up. They knew they were going to go after a quarterback who they would feel comfortable starting games if Deshaun Watson wasn't there week one. And I think Tyrod Taylor is that. And it's an incentive-laden deal, so they, they don't have to pay him a Wait, lot if he on. doesn't start. So how much is the—what's the guarantee? Six million. 12.5. Jesus, that's a good bit of money. It is a good bit of money for a backup. Up to 12.5, though, if he meets incentives. So yeah. they basically are—they know, like, listen, we're going to pay you like a starter if you have to be a starter. Yeah, but 12, 12.5 isn't a starter. It's better than it's better money than Tyrod Taylor's ever made. No, that's true, but that's not the question, right? So to me, I think what they're saying is, because Marcus Mariota's deal is a good example. He's got decent or real good backup money, but it's not crazy, like $8 million. But he could make 20 if he was a starter. starter. And that's why it's going to be hard on that contract for anyone to take him because you don't want to pay Mariota 20. And it strikes me, though, if Taylor plays the whole year and only gets paid 12, that's as cheap as any quarterback's going to be. It also makes Belichick, who happens to be kind of smart, look even smarter with his Cam deal. Because as we've been saying, as more and more details come out, a lot of those bonuses that he's able to potentially get are hard to reach, like win the Super Bowl, win the MVP. So it is a bar, it is a cheap – the Cam Newton deal for the Patriots is a good financial deal even for a backup quarterback. They're not necessarily overpaying him even if Cam backs is a backup. But they expect to win there. The yeah. Texans have no expectations that they're going to win if Deshaun Watson isn't playing for them. Now, in the media – I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas talking to A.J. Hoffman, Houston Radio. In the media, they talk about – uh, there's just a love of Deshaun Watson. He's a good guy. He gave the charity one time or two times or 80 times. All right, all right. I'm not saying he isn't a good guy. I'm not talking about him as a person. I'm talking about this action. I've been against it. Jonas, who is he, he, he's kind of a hippie in a way. He loves everyone. He's nice. He's a nice guy. He was mad at Watson. He's like, it's Watson. He took his money. But the media loves him because it's always player-friendly You think Houston, the team, has all the leverage. I do, because Deshaun hasn't even gotten into this deal that he signed. If he were two, three years down the road into his contract— the big money part of it. Like Russell Wilson is now, he's in a situation where he could say, "Okay, I want to get out of here. Right now, it's just so so punitive for the Texans to trade him and what they can get back. Punitive to trade him in that— From a salary cap hit. Yeah, so it'd be dead money. You're probably not going to get equal value back. $22 million. Yeah. Okay. And it'd be very difficult to get equal value back, because what is equal value for a 25-year-old 
franchise quarterback, it, we don't know because they don't get moved ever. No, so it, it's very difficult to gauge. So your thought is Houston's probably it, – it's such a negative move for them. They're going to be staunch. And if they are staunch, Watson not having really cashed in yet as he starts paying fines, has to give back a portion of the signing bonus each year – it could be something where the true leverage is with Houston. It is, absolutely. And that, that starts to add up. It's very punitive to sit out now. There's no, well, you come back, we'll forget those fines. That doesn't happen anymore. All right, A.J. Hoffman, we're going to go to college basketball. Yeah, the NCAA tournament tips off this week, RJ, and the clear favorite is Gonzaga to win it all. All right, so here's the question. Right now the odds are Gonzaga 2-1, to one, Baylor 6-1, to one, Illinois 7-1 to one or so, Michigan 8-1. to one. And then I was next, so three of the top five favorites, Big Ten. The question is, would you rather you like Gonzaga to win it? I do. And you actually think even at the two to one, which is not a good payoff, you still like them? To me, it makes more sense than anything else. All right. Now here's the question: If I get two teams and you get Gonzaga, who would you take? I would take Gonzaga. Wow. Who is the? You got one minute or so. Who would be the two teams that you would take? Because this is a good bar bet. Who's the two teams you'd take against Gonzaga that you think have the best chance? One of them is going to be Illinois because that's who I think the next best team is. That's who I think they would face in the finals. The other, what I would do is I would be looking at the, at the, the region below them the Michigan region, where it's Michigan, Texas, Alabama, or the one, two, three so seeds. Who's the one team you take there? Uh, that's the difficult thing. I guess it's going to be a person. So you're not answering the question. I, I, I think I'll have Texas in the Final Four. So I, I would guess I would be I would have Texas and uh, and and Illinois. what's Texas? What's Texas's odds? Texas, uh, I don't know what their odds are off off. Top, I think twenty to one. Oh, that's right. So what you're saying is that you think the third most likely team to win this thing is Texas at twenty to one? No. I'm saying I, they have a route to play Gonzaga. There's no point in taking two teams on the opposite side of the bracket from Gonzaga because Gonzaga only will play one of them. I want two teams that have a chance oh, to beat see, Gonzaga if what that's I, what I was playing. You know, he's actually making a good point. He, this is what a gambler does. Instead of answering the simple question, <laughs> all right, AJ and Dave Esler is going to be on a pod with me uh, today. So if you want to get into the March Madness bracket, check that out. AJ's gone after today. Great show. Thank you, Jonas. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. Just search straight out of Vegas. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, on the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas!